0: Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran.
1: Positioning for greatness. One cold night in May 2008... In the Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow, John Terry stepped up to take what was the most important kick in his life. A few seconds before he took the kick, he paused on his way to straighten his captain's armband in anticipation of what was meant to be the greatest day of his life. In the very second in which he kicked the ball, he slipped and fell. And the kick went into the skies. A few kicks later, the opposing team was adjudged the kings of Europe. For many people, what John Terry kicked was a ball. In reality, what he kicked over the bar was the cup. And that was a missed opportunity. One would assume that After seeing that kind of opportunity missed, it would never happen again. In fact, I I happened to join a number of fans of Chelsea who were discussing that loss. And in their opinion, the reason why he didn't score was because he was focusing more on the newspaper headlines the next day than on the kick that day. And so they were very upset at the missed opportunity. Two years later, somewhere in the best Nest Stadium or the, or the stadium in Johannesburg, it happened again. This time, the hearts of Ghanaians and Africans were broken by somebody who later admitted on SuperSport that his whole mind was on the headlines the next day. Again, Asamuajang Smith came to represent A painful moment Ghanaians and most Africans will never want to remember. What makes people rise up to a point and when they get to the place where you said they are about to take off to an even higher level, suddenly falter and mess up everything? I have a lineup of people here that I suspect will be very familiar because it contains from Left to right. Help me identify them. Who's number one? Give me the initials only. MG. All right, so that's Michael Jackson. The second person is who? Whitney Houston, third person. Mike Tyson, the last one. Some of you may not know, but who is that? Come on, initials. That is DSK. What would make people on the road to the top Having conquered a number of mountains, about to hit the climax, suddenly falter and destroy everything. I am mindful as I speak that some of us here are on the road to greatness. Having cleared a few hurdles, are preparing ourselves for what is supposed to be an even higher manifestation of our greatness. What makes people fold up, buckle down and destroy everything they worked so hard to build? I spoke to a friend of mine who's an anesthesiologist, and he said, Propofol is used for operations. Why would a human being inject something that is used for operations as a regular pastime? Why would somebody with the best voice in the world, arguably, suddenly go into drugs and all manner of things? And the sad thing, a couple of years ago, she stood up to sing, and halfway through, the voice was finished. And there were tears in her eyes and the performance just wouldn't come, and she was booed off the stage. What would make a man who could afford a hundred cars and have cars for his dogs and pets suddenly get so broke after $200 million that he couldn't meet his bills? What would make the head of the world's most powerful financial institution, touted as the next president of one of the top countries of this world, suddenly in a moment of madness, destroy everything in a few minutes and in case you think i got it wrong the analysis of his movement and the calculations of the time he spent on various things establishes that what happened happened within six minutes and so in six minutes the whole future came crashing down what do you do when you see people headed for the top suddenly destroyed everything. Many people lead quiet lives of desperation and go to the grave with their songs still in them. That was said by Henry David Thoreau. In the speech, live full, die empty. Les Brown made a suggestion that each of us should live our lives so well that when we finish, we know that everything that God put in us, we lived it to the full. In fact, Mark Twain, who has made a habit of making fun out of everything like he him, says, "Live life so well that when you die, even the undertaker will be sorry." And so, Miles Monroe's version is that the grave is the richest place on earth because it is full of poems that were never said. And the king himself is here, the king of poetry. It is full of songs that were never written. It is full of apps that were never designed. It is full of creative things that were never released. And books that were never written. That is the grave for you. Determine that you will not die and go with the things that God has placed on the inside of you. Determine that every book in you will be written. Determine that every song in you will be sung. Determine that something that you do would outlive you. That generations after you would read what you have written or hear what you have sung or experience what you left behind so that way after you have gone, you know that you've left something for humanity. Sometimes you're unable to do that because of immobility. Sometimes it's because of inertia. But painfully, Sometimes it's because of indifference. We don't care. But we have to care. We can't afford to be tentative. Lined up in front here are some of the most powerful economic forces in this country. Lined up in front here are very influential business leaders of this country. And I am mindful that each of them got to where they got to, not just by being tentative and doing things anyhow, because life is deliberate. My dear friends, life is not lived anyhow. It is deliberate. If you will get to the top, it must be designed, it must be executed, and you must apply yourself day and night. So, is it all doom and gloom? Do people on the road to the top always throw away their opportunities? I don't think so. Because others seize their moments. In the words of Winston Churchill, there comes a special moment in everyone's life, a moment for which that person was born. That special opportunity, when he seizes it, will fulfill his mission or her mission, a mission for which he is uniquely qualified. In that moment, he finds greatness, and that is his finest hour. I trust that each and every one of us can identify with moments in our lives that were different or that were unique, that something happened that changed the course of our lives, that made us change our roots or do something differently or make major decisions beyond which our lives have never been the same again. I suspect that today could be one such day in the life of somebody, that listening to all these people gathered here today would energize you to do something different from how you've done it previously. Let me showcase some success stories, just so we get some balance. I've chosen to put up four other people different from the first four, for very good reason. And if someone can help me identify them, it will be lovely. What is the first one? Oh, they said Manchester United because of the Red JC. Anybody else? Anybody? Egypt. Also red and white, but it's not. Anybody else? What about the second one? Oprah. Third one? Steven Spielberg. You you love films. The last one? Alright, it's a small picture. That's Usain Bolt. All right, so these four people are also achievers in their own rights, one being corporate. And there's a story behind each and every one of them because the Danish national team did not qualify for the 1992 European Cup. They didn't qualify. But that was a time when Yugoslavia was having their war. So they said the second team in the group must come and replace the team that qualified. And so they, they didn't even deserve to be there in the first place. So when they came, they didn't bring a defense. After all, what's the point defending? You are not qualified in the first place. So they played all attacking football from beginning to end. And guess what? They won the cup. So maybe, when you find yourself in a place in life that you think you don't deserve, don't bother to defend. Just attack throughout and it may work for you. The second person, Oprah, was raped at age 9, got pregnant at age 14, was fired from her job as a TV personality because she was declared unfit For TV and yet today is celebrated as the greatest television personality of all time, arguably. Next person is Steven Spielberg, the director of the most expensive films of all time. Lined them up and he directed all of them. The ones that you know were the biggest. But how would you feel if I tell you he was fired from the Southern California School of Theater Film? Three times. They sucked him three times. And that is the story of Steven Spielberg. Usain Bolt was told that it is not possible for a human being to train for less than two years and run a hundred meters because scientifically, you can't go to the Olympic games with less than two years of training. May I suggest to somebody that don't let somebody's mentality, somebody's judgment, somebody's perception about you or somebody's negative opinion about you become your reality. It has been proven time and time again that people will say you can't, but when you do it, they will say, we always knew you could do it. (laughs) Success has many fathers, but failure is an orphan. Let me speak to somebody facing challenges today and say every problem, each problem, has hidden in it an opportunity so powerful that it literally dwarfs the problem. And the greatest success stories were created by people who recognized their problem and then turned it into an opportunity. The words of Joseph Sugarman. The next time you face a problem, the next time you face a challenge, academically, spiritually, in any sphere of your life, look closely at that problem and ask yourself, is there an opportunity lurking somewhere? I believe that if we have that kind of attitude, the things that frighten us in life will not frighten us anymore. Is it possible that somebody here was scared about something in your childhood and today when you look back at it, you wonder why it scared you so much? Is there somebody like that here? Wonderful. So many of us. The things that we feared when we were growing up, even in school, some people who look so tall, suddenly, realize that they're your height? So you say, ah, so what happened? They look so big. Sometimes things look bigger than they are, scarier than they are. And if we change our approach, we'll find out that God has graced us with the ability to do much more than we think we can do. So, what makes the difference between those who I showed earlier, who rise to the point and crush, and then those who rise from one level to another and keep rising? What makes the difference? Let me take you back 25 years to my days in secondary school and three of my schoolmates sat together talking about the future and what they would like to become. The first one said, I would like to be a banker and a successful person in the arena of finance. As we speak today, he's the chief executive of a multinational bank The second person said, I would like to be a medical doctor and a very successful one. As we speak, he is a doctor operating in Kentucky in the United States of America. Guess what the third one said? All right, you guys, when you go to America and you are coming back, I will be at the airport to welcome you and help you carry your bags off the plane. And his wish was met. Is it any surprise that 25 years after that person is in drugs? Are you surprised to find out that 25 years after that person has still not found a space in the economic marketplace? Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you say. Be careful how you want your life to become. Because what you want, you will get. And so as we gather today at Springboard, the place where dreams are formed and where people look into the future, on the anvil of opportunity. What do you want to become in the next 10 years? What do you want to see? Where do you want to go? How do you want your life to turn around? 10 years from now, what do you want to build? What do you want to leave as a legacy for this nation and this continent? When you think about the future, what do you think about? Can I encourage you to dare to dream? These days, I dream a lot about beautiful things. I used to think that if you dream too big, the Ghana police service will stop you and say you are overspending. But I found out recently that the police don't mind. And even the IRS don't mind if you dream big. So I've taken the liberty of dreaming very big. Not just about this country, but also about this continent. And I dream about great things. Can somebody dare to dream that you will be African personality of the year? Or African personality of the decade? Or African personality of the century? Can somebody dare to dream that you'll be interviewed on CNN, BBC, Al Jazeera, Newsweek, on the front pages of the headlines, not for the bad reasons, not for the pictures of deprivation, but of beautiful things made in Africa, created for the world. Can somebody dare to dream that the things that you do will be so beautiful that they will become the subject of books and subjects of biographies that people will think and talk about what you are doing? Can somebody dare to dream that somebody from your little village will step onto the global stage and do things that will conquer countries of this world and bring honor and beauty to Africa? Can somebody dare to dream that the space that your parents occupied that was so small, you would occupy a far bigger space and bring honor and beauty to your family. Can somebody dare to dream that if nobody in your family went to school and nobody in your family got married and nobody in your family came on TV and nobody in your family came on radio and nobody in your family lived in the city or nobody in your family had something to testify about, that your life would combine all these things and more and not just cross national barriers but cross intercontinental barriers that something you do would have an international outlook and become a thing of beauty and a reference point for your family can somebody dream today can somebody dream today can somebody decide that dreaming is free can somebody decide that dreaming is not limited because the picture that you see in your heart will come to life one day. The picture that you nurture in your spirit is bound to happen. If you jump towards the sun and you reach the moon, it is better than jumping towards the coconut tree and reaching halfway through. I will try to dream. I will try to believe. And I will work as hard as I can. One day when I look back, even if I didn't get there, I will say I came as far as I could with everything that the good Lord gave me. And that will be life. And it will be a life worth living. where do we go from here what would it take how do we raise champions out of our midst how do we raise greatness from this continent in a world buffeted with recession dwindling opportunities shrinking public sector rising unemployment crashing economic systems where even europe can't come to grips with the issues they are battling with, in a world in which Rivaldo can go and play football in Angola, in a world in which an European country can go to an African country and ask for help, how ready are we for the next sphere of what will happen in this our world? Are we ready? And if there is somebody that is being raised to become the champion, have you thought about the fact that it could be you? If there is somebody who is being prepared to be the transformer of this continent, have you talked about the fact that it could be you? And why not? Why not you? Why not? I'll share with you four things that will help position you for the 21st century in the hope that somebody would leave this place challenged, equipped, motivated to become a part of this army that is rising out of Africa. The first thing I would share with you is about talent. You would find your space in this world by operating in the place of your greatest talent. I admire everyone here for what you do. I admire the great Atukuo for his place. I admire KSM for his comedy. I admire everyone for what you do. But I would not try to step into somebody else's shoes because I will stay in the one that I know how to do best because the more I concentrate on that, the better I get at what I do. I love what I do. And so find your natural talent. This book that we are releasing today is probably one of the most important contributions to literary knowledge. And over the past week, I've been serializing it on radio with responses from all across the nation and beyond. It's called the five talent mentality. The argument is simply this. Each of us has a talent and each of us has an ability. Some may have five, some may have two, some may have one, but it is given to you according to your ability. And if you, you did a calculation of the value of the talent as told in the parable, you will find out that the servant who complained that he had only one and somebody else had five was holding in his hands 1,200 ounces of gold. Which at today's price of $1,700 per ounce is the equivalent of $2,040,000. What would make a person holding $2,000,000 look down on what they have and look at somebody else holding 10 million and say, I have been shortchanged in life. If we would all learn to value what we have, there is nobody who has nothing. Find your greatest talent and ability and strive to be the very best at what you do. The second thing I would like to share with you is about content. And that will surprise some because you may not have thought about content as a critical success factor. But all over the world in today's knowledge economy, the world rewards people with relevant information. Information has become a leveler. It has become a resource. Many years ago in 1920, Adam Smith in the World of Nations declared that land, labor, and capital were the ultimate in terms of factors of production. Along the line, entrepreneurship was added. But today, you and I know that somebody with knowledge and information can sit on his balcony with his tracksuit and a laptop and transfer money across the world, and design solutions for people on different continents. And it was deemed some time ago that the measure of your size of company is how many people you employ. Today we know that one-man companies are transferring billions without bothering to employ a single person. Information has become a critical tool without which you cannot play ball in this economic marketplace. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, you will find that information is critical. My barber is a knowledge economy barber. He has high level information. He charges me five times what he charges everyone else. So when it comes to cutting my hair, he has information on sports, politics. He knows what I want to hear. So he has, he has gathered the information and when he's cutting, he's telling me stories and I like it and I pay him. Whatever you do, with information, you can add more value to yourself. Did you know that the amount of information on the internet doubles every 45 minutes? Did you know that you could literally sit in your home and participate in conferences in any part of the world? Did you know that last year's springboard grand finale, 33 countries were participating right in the comfort of their countries to what was taking place right here in the Trade Tradefest Centre in La Accra? It is possible by virtue of the internet to participate in a conference anywhere in the world. And so money is not an issue. Ignorance is not an issue. Weave yourself out of ignorance. Feed your mind, feed your mind, and move yourself from the place of lack of information to the place where you are informed, aware, interested, and able to contribute to the discourse in the economic marketplace. You must ask questions about what is going on and find solutions that people will be willing to pay you for. The more problems you solve, the more you get paid for what you do. The third one is one of the most important that I'll talk about today, and it's about positioning. Because many of us get that part wrong. Positioning is crucial. It is the difference between Michael Essien playing at Chelsea and earning 90,000 pounds a week. And the young men who play football in Nima or Kanda, every morning I see them, I am convinced that some of them play better than Michael Essien, But they cannot probably talk about 90 Ghana cities a week. And he earns 90,000 pounds a week. What kind of positioning is required? In whatever you do, start by determining how you want the world to relate to you. Don't leave your brand to chance. Create an image that you want to own in the minds of people. When you appear on the TV and the sound is mute, let them say, that is there, and they put the answer there. That is the IT specialist. That is the motivator. That is the preacher. That is the encourager. That is the poet. Become an authority in your field, such that even without speaking, people attribute to you a certain word or a certain experience. Position also means that you support that word with your actions and with images. Let the actions, the images that you use, the logos, the colors, everything that goes into making you you, including the way you dress, support that image that you want to put out there. If you want to be a step ahead of the rest, your behavior must be consistent. The public must not get confused. Sometimes you are like this. Other times, you are like this. They can't really tell who you are. There must be consistency in your behavior if you want to build a solid brand. One of the critical things that I must say is that if you want to be strong in positioning with your talent and with your brand, you must learn how to renew yourself and remain relevant. I was talking this week about a brand, here, Amachi Didi, and I was saying that somehow... He started playing music before some of the hip life stars today were born. And some of them have come and faded out, and he is still a big star. Why? Because he's kept renewing himself, repositioning himself. That is what it's all about. In various fields of endeavor, those who remain relevant are those who keep changing as the world changes, continue offering relevant services in the marketplace. But the greatest thing I will say about motivation or about positioning is that you cannot present outwardly what you don't have inwardly. If you don't believe in people, you can't go out there and say, I'm branding myself as a lover of people. Somebody will upset you and within a minute, the real you will come out. In our SU they sang a song that says, Something on the inside is working on the outside. What it simply means is that for every brand you want to project, the values of the brand must be owned internally. There must be intrinsic motivation before there can be extrinsic motivation. And so for every one of us listening today, inwardly, you must believe in what you say you believe in before you can project it. The final thing I'd like to share with you about how we can become or pushing ourselves for greatness in this 21st century is about scalability. And that is the most important. My friend Ehiston in front here came to speak at the Kidpreneurship Summit, and he was speaking to teenagers from the age 12 to 19, 13 to 19 thereabouts. And when he finished his presentation, mapping your future through social networks, he said to them, "Determine how exactly you want to use your talent to affect one million people." the next five years. The young people went quiet for a while and then suddenly they started writing. And we couldn't believe the depth of thought, the depth of commitment these young people showed to affecting one million people in their lifetime. And guess what? We the adults who were facilitating the class said to ourselves, if these young people are thinking of affecting one million in their lifetime or in the next five years. Have we ourselves thought about how we would reach one million people? If not, then we need to work at it. So he, guess what? Right after that, I sat down and developed a clear blueprint to reach a million and then use that one million as a seed to reach the next phase that I will not talk about. But importantly, every one of us must think outside your village. Think outside your region. Think outside your country. We thank God that you are the number one in Ghana. We thank God that you are the number one in your village or you are the first in your class. But have you thought about being the number one in the world? And why not? Think big. Don't think about being a local champion alone. Beyond your small community, think about intercontinental influence. That little thing you are doing. Think about a syndicated franchise. One of our dreams is that one day in the very near future, Springboard will be held in five countries or more at the same time, on the same day, at the same time. And there will not be individual functions. One speaker will speak in Kenya and will be viewing it live here. The next speaker will speak in Cameroon. The next speaker will speak in Ghana and somebody will be speaking in South Africa, and somebody will be speaking in Egypt, and all these will be linked together in one big family of achievers. Dare to dream, and why not? Think about skill. Think about deploying technology. Don't run away from technology. Don't run away from social media. Don't run away from new ways of doing things. They are meant to make things more efficient. If you continue to operate in the format that we have known in the past, you will be good, but you will be unknown. And there's nothing more painful than seeing somebody, either on television or some other media, doing something you know you are ten times better than the person but nobody knows you, and they are clapping and celebrating the person. Listen, you can be annoyed, you can insult the person, and you can complain, but you are personally responsible for projecting what you can do to the world. You are personally responsible for packaging what has been given to you and telling the world, this is what I can do. I spoke to one of the managers of our partner bank, Zenith Bank, this morning, and she said to me, yesterday when I came to check up how the place was being cleaned, one young man walked up to me, and said to me, Madam, you don't know me but I've heard about Zenith Bank and I want to work in this bank so well and I want to work in this bank so badly but since you don't know me, I am willing to work for free until you see what I can do and if you like what you see, pay me and take me in your bank. She says, for that commitment and that boldness alone, I will give me a chance in the bank because Springboard seems to be doing something different. It is possible. It is possible. So." Leverage traditional and social media to do the things that you want to do in a bigger way than you've done. As I bring this message to a close, I am mindful that gathered in this place are great achievers. Gathered also in this place are people who are beginning the journey of life with great hope and great anticipation of the future. Last night, for the first time in my life, or in a long while, I didn't know what to say. I had a sense of what I wanted to say, but I didn't know how to say it because I felt so strongly about today. But as I battled and wrestled with this, I saw you. I saw you last night in my sleep. I saw you last night with your hand lifted up. I saw you last night with optimism. As I thought about today, I thought about somebody who was going somewhere. I thought about somebody who has come so far but who will go even higher than all the distance that you have covered. I thought about somebody rising up today to become the star of Africa. I thought about somebody designing apps that will be used all over the world. I thought about somebody who would dare to believe that you are greater than the circumstances of your family or the pain of your background or the deprivation of your village. I dared to believe that somebody would rise up out of today's program, and today's conference, and today's meeting, and say, "I am the one sent to take this continent to the next level." And why not? Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert e. and and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on 233 You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com